Hi, guys, and happy Monday. I am really excited to share this episode with you all because um, it's with my friend Stella, and she is pretty much the closest thing I have to family aside from my actual family, just in terms of our um, our father is like knowing each other and the Greek connection. Um, she's just a really wonderful human being who I feel so lucky to have in my life. And I think a combination of things makes us very similar. You can attribute that to being Greek, being a Virgo, just having some similar ambitions and mindsets. And for that reason, I think just having Stella on resulted in a really powerful discussion about love and self-worth and just a lot of topics that are important to me and important to Stella. And yeah, I'm excited to share this episode with you all. And I hope to have many more episodes recorded with Stella once I move back to New York and we can record together because of course she has a podcast as well. And yeah, I guess the only like life update I would give is I'm hitting that one month mark um, from when I moved back to New York and I'm not going to lie. It's kind of terrifying and it, it, I don't even think bittersweet describes it because right now it's feeling pretty better overall. I'm really nervous, but I'm excited to be back in New York. Um, however, I will really, 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 really miss Austin. And that's something that I am slowly kind of coming to terms with. And I've been reflecting a lot on and I've been toying with the idea of just doing a solo episode on life lessons that I've learned while living in Austin. So, you know, if that's something that you think would be interesting or you think like, oh, I would definitely tune into that, uh, I will definitely record it because it's um, something that's been on my mind. Like as an example of a, of a life lesson, um, one of the things I have written down in my like millions of notes is to make sure that you don't surround yourself with people who you have to constantly make excuses for. That's definitely something I learned in Austin. And I'd love to like talk more about that and just some other ideas that I have playing around in my head. But without further ado, here is Stella and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace and the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with my really good friend and host of the Everyday Endorphins podcast, Stella Stephanopoulos. Thanks so much for having me again, Zoe. I know. <laughs> it's so fun recording with you, and this time in person, and I don't know. This is just so fun to have, have had you in Austin these past couple of days, so for context, Stella is visiting me in Austin and um, she's leaving in a couple hours. So it's my final moments with her. I know we were just talking about how I'm experiencing the Sunday scaries on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like at least your week will go by fast. Yeah, that is that is the plus. Yeah. Um, so for some context, because I don't, I don't think I ever I don't think we like ever talked about the way like or how we know each other. Yeah, it's, it's a kind cool of story. a crazy story. So for context, my dad, Dennis, and her dad, George, met like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, literally. At the first Hellenic yeah. Initiative Gala. 
which is like a Greek which, philanthropic organization. They host an annual fundraiser gala, you know. Yeah, like during the winter not winter time. And they were they were randomly seated next to each other. Yeah. And they were started talking and they found out that Stella's like great grandfather or something like married my great grandparents something like my dad's gonna kill me because he's told me this yeah. connection a million times and i can't get it straight something like that yeah basically not related but like very close to related yeah and that yeah that was a while ago and but like our f- families and parents kept in touch and then i briefly met stella or maybe i never did maybe it was eleni who did eleni met me first in yeah. like 2015 2016 yeah like at the we screening of my dad's film and she went with your dad and <laughs> this was like we were in high school at this yeah point. and then we met through like the phone in 2020 yeah through the the like um article you were like contributing to yeah. at that time and then hung out briefly in like covid with my parents uh-huh we got and then lunch <laughs> and then like became really close both with like me and Lenny at the gala. Well, before that, I initiated the friendship with Lenny. A hundred percent. I made the move. <laughs> I made the first move. <laughs> this was like October. It was literally Halloween of 2021. It was October of 2021 when Lenny and I reconnected with our mutual friend. Oh yes, Olivia. Okay. Yep. So basically, full circle for everyone listening. Yeah. Very interconnected. Maybe it's fate. I don't know. But clearly we were meant to be sitting on this couch today. Yes. Like the third sister I never had. <laughs> the zero sisters I've never had. Yeah, the true. two that I now have. Um, amazing. So Stella, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? How old are you? Where did you grow up? What do you do? What What's your story? So... I, my name's Stella Stephanopoulos. Uh, George is the middle name, Stella George <laughs> Stephanopoulos. I felt like I needed to share that. Um, I am from New York City. I grew up there. Uh, I went to school in the Midwest, WashU in St. Louis. And uh, when I came back to New York, I started working in consulting. And I also have a podcast, like you mentioned, called Everyday Endorphins, which um, discusses mental health, wellness, and happiness, and finding things that bring you joy in daily living. Um, I also instruct yoga. I I love yoga. Um, If you listen to the podcast, I talk a lot about it. But if you're also a close personal friend, you know this about me. I love teaching. Um, I teach at Core Power and... Most recently, got a gig at Equinox, which has been really awesome. Casual. Um, <laughs> casual. But in, in all seriousness, I um, I really have a lot to thank for, you know, just getting into the practice of yoga. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a bit about me. And I'm so happy to be here in Austin with you right now. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, a perfect moment. So I'm so happy that Stella's been here these past four days. Uh, we've talked a lot and just... Um, you know, updated each other on our lives and shared perspectives on all things. And we had this idea to record a podcast talking about, you know, advice that I would give to Stella, who's very, very similar to me. I mean, we have literally like almost the same birthday. Her birthday's a day before mine, uh, but she's four years younger. And we thought we'd record an episode just to kind of like reflect on things that I've learned, I guess in the past four years or do you know that advice I would give to my younger self and 
then Stella would share her perspective as well. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, do you want to ask me for advice well, or like, should I just think of things? I think um, something that's really interesting about, I think the way that we're doing this episode is that not only do our families know each other and we're close friends, but we have a very similar thought process when it yeah, comes yeah, yeah. to relationships and something that I've thought a lot about recently is um, the idea that self-care is a form of self-respect. And we were talking about this the other day around how wanting to always know the answer to certain things. Mm. Like we both are very driven by like the comfort of knowing. And I guess my question to you is like, how productive is that actually when it comes to trying to understand kind of like what went wrong in a relationship or like, uh, why something happened or what someone's motivations or intentions were. Cause I've always found that the more I dig, the more I'm kind of looking for an answer that I know I'm not going to like. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. I think the root of it is a good quality. It's like we both have very innate curiosity, which I mean has led us to hosting podcasts and being inquisitive about people. So I think the root of it is that like curious nature, but where it goes wrong is when it comes to like, cause this, I think even relates like things ending, like me leaving Austin, like a chapter closing, moving, like all those things where you just have loose ends and you have to accept that sometimes like you're never going to be able to tie those loose ends and that, closure is does not exist yeah and I think that's something I I mean when I say learn recently I mean probably like last week in my therapy session when my therapist said Zoe there is no such thing as closure and what she meant by that was like like let's say you're getting out of a relationship and you know you want to know why the person broke up with you maybe in your mind closure could mean sitting down having a conversation with that person and asking them, you know, why did you break up, break up with me? But what happens when they say something that makes you even more confused? Like, Oh, it's that, like, why is it that? And it's never going to, you're never going to get all of the answers you want. So like just the closure is accepting the situation and accepting your reaction and moving on. And also because of our personalities, like this inquisitive nature, wanting to find the answer it's like if you're left with more uncertainty that just at least for me brings me into a spiral of like okay now I need to know why this and like maybe we should do another podcast with another friend of mine whose birthday is the same day as me and I think she's your age so another like Virgo in the room but I remember talking to her about a year ago and I was confiding in her about this situation that I had experienced with a guy that I was casually seeing um a while back now and the long story short was that there was very much like an, an ambiguous nature of our relationship and I thought things were going to progress a certain way. They didn't and I ended up getting ghosted by this guy and like a few weeks later he, he reaches out to me and he's like, sorry that I, you know, wasn't responsive. I'm just focused on XYZ right now. Like, I don't think it's like the right time for me, whatever. And like ends it, right? 
and I'm like pissed off because I'm just like not even like the decency to you know just be communicative about that especially because I considered this person a friend but regardless I was very torn by that message I was there was a lot of personal emotional unrest from that and I remember talking to my friend and being like I just want to know why he did that like I thought we were friends I just want to know why he felt this way why it ended this way whatever and she was like honestly Stella like there's no need to figure out why like you don't need to inquire sometimes the best thing to do is to just not say anything which Mm -hmm. (laughs) is so difficult because Mm -hmm. like you and me both we like to have answers yeah and if there's something on our minds we want to express it like that in a way is very therapeutic but it's like where when does it hit that that line where it's like therapeutic or it's just going to backfire and hurt you more because you're seeking these answers that are going to give you more uncertainty and then throw you into that spiral yeah that is a good point and because it's almost like psychoanalyzing the situation and then like that crosses over into like psychoanalyzing people and like why they act a certain way and why they say something to you that is like unkind or comes off wrong and it's like a slippery slope not to say like it's because we're smart but I think it also has to do because we're like intelligent people (laughs) (laughs) yes I would I would agree with that and now that I actually look back on that situation I've noticed that you know it, it ended for the best like genuinely it was for the best. And the reasons that I kind of got myself into that situation were really reflect like a reflection of an insecurity I held. Like it wasn't coming from a place of genuine like desire and like care for another person. It was coming from a place of like me feeling this lack within myself mm-hmm. and seeing this person f- like fill that, but it wasn't from a place of like abundance. And so I think now that I can look back on that, there's so much more peace to be had with that situation. And it's something that I try to, to take moving forward into new experiences and new relationships. Um, Cause when you can detach yourself from like someone's behavior that usually nine out of 10 times has nothing to do with you, then you don't have to get so like emotional over it. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think that's like a very wise thing to come to at 23 years old. Um, <laughs> One thing I've realized, and I don't know if it's because I'm old, because I'm like practicing becoming a therapist. I don't know if this is progress. Oh my gosh, Linky is literally making out with me right now. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, but it's like I've become even more self-aware. <laughs> we need to get Winky away from Winky. Here. Oh my gosh, I've become more self-aware of like the decisions I make. In the sense of like, I'll see the red flags when it comes to like, mostly I'd say relationships. I'll see the red flags. I'm like, this will end terribly. But like, I don't really give a shit. Like, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know if that's progress that I like notice it. But like, or like, why do I want to self-destruct? But have you, do you feel like you have that quality yet? Or do you think you like miss the red flags and go for the wrong person and then in hindsight see them? I think I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Um, But would you still go for like, (laughs) why am I like, (laughs) it's like, what's the thing? Like, 
well, like doctor, like whenever I hit my head on the wall, it hurts. Like, well, this is kind of what we were also talking about the other day is like, do you want to feel more pain mm-hmm. now? Or do you want to feel more pain later? Like this concept of like immediate versus delayed gratification. So yeah, oftentimes so true. like we can behave in a certain way that will feel immediately good. And that usually has to do with dopamine, like the slot machine effect. Like I've noticed for myself, I, in previous experiences I would stay around a person this is romantically speaking too long because I was like well I'll take what I can get and like the good moments are the highs and then that would like overpower the low moments which is not how it should be like I should have had a more clearer perspective and really seen through the things that were like yeah this is a red flag but I would stay and stick around because I just figured well you know that's what I'm gonna get which is wrong Mm -hmm. and um, that was satisfying the immediate gratification. But if I were to have cut things off then and came from a place of empowerment and made decisions that were actually like respecting myself in that way, because I was in a sense, like then I would be able to protect myself from further pain, which would have been self-inflicted. Then, you know, immediately I would feel that pain, but in the long run, it would be so much easier to let go. And I've recognized that pattern exists in previous moments in my life. So now I have that awareness. So I'd like to believe that I'm getting better at that, but it is still difficult. Yeah. It's, it's so weird because it's like, I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I I will say like, this has become more prevalent, I'd say recently. And I don't know how, if like the sobriety has to do with it because it's like, you know, when you like give up one addiction, you kind of like fall into another of like needing that almost like chaos in my life of like, I don't know. I, this is a question I should have asked my therapist on when tomorrow. Thank (laughs) God. Um, how would you define, like, what do you think love is like romantic, like in love with someone? How do you find that? Well, I've never been in love with someone, so I don't... How do you know that? Because I don't know. I think that... I think that to be in love with someone, like, it's not an infatuation. So when you're in love, you are, like, in the experience of love, and that needs to be two-sided. And I've never had the depth of a romantic relationship where it's been, like, being in love. Yeah. But I do think that love itself radiates from within you and you are love like everything is love at the end of the day I think so so you think it needs to be reciprocal in order for it to be in love like hypothetically let's say like you're in love with someone who just doesn't see you the same way do you think that's possible perhaps but like is is that more of an infatuation yeah you know because then I think people that you surround yourself with or that you're attracted to or whatever you want to call it like that really is this mirror onto yourself so I would question you know well why am I so in love with this person what about them am I in love with and what qualities do I have this attraction towards that like like why is that attraction there why is that love there like why am I so deeply infatuated by this person I think it says more about yourself than maybe that person, unless 
they are sharing in that love to you and it's like reciprocated. I think like a good way to think about it maybe is kind of like, cause this, I think about this with like my past relationships and I'm like, cause I look, which I look back on obviously with a different eye than when I was in them. And I'm like, did I ever really like love that person? Like was I ever in love with that person? But I think what happens in a lot of relationships and marriages and, and then like, one of my relationships that I'm thinking of is that like I was in love with the person, but then I just kind of fell back just into loving them as a human. And like for that reason it ended, but I still have so much love for this person, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But like there was a point in time, I think where I was in love. Mm -hmm. I think it's just transient and it kind of depends on, you know, the situation and the person and the timing and et cetera. Exactly. I completely agree. I think you can still feel a love for someone no matter how a situation ends up. And when I think back on my own experiences, like the lingering, let's say love that I feel for those people, it's not because like I love them and I'm in love with them. It's because I love the fact that I had that life experience Mm -hmm. and it's brought me to a different place in my life like it's made me stronger in a certain sense it's given me more perspective you know more clarity on certain things I mean I think back to this one situation that I had experienced when I was in college and like I really liked this guy like I like was obsessed with this one guy and I was devastated when we kind of decided like we should stop seeing each other and it was situational wise like I was gonna go study abroad and he was gonna graduate and the whole thing and it just didn't make sense right Mm -hmm. and he also like I don't think any college-aged guy is like ready for a real relationship you know um but there are like non-college yeah neither are non-college guys um at least in New York but I was devastated I was so sad and I felt so rejected and like I remember like just saying to my mom, like, why is this happening to me? Like the one time, like a guy that I like actually shows interest. It's not working out. Like, I'm not going to find this again. Like why it was coming from a place of like victim mentality and like pitying myself. And then I also attributed his feelings and desire and attraction towards me as like him being the only person that could ever give me that in my life. And it was like not a healthy mindset because, you know, it's not like one person can give you love. Mm -hmm. Like in theory, everyone is giving you love. I mean, if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, but I was so deeply tied to that, to that idea and that reality that I'd experienced then. And it was like, that's why it was so devastating. But really now that I look back on it, I'm like, well, it shouldn't have been that devastating. Like people kind of come in and out of your life. And yeah. And and you learn from everything. Exactly. More experiences accrue. So Yeah, I was thinking about, this is like kind of off topic, but what we were talking about earlier today with like, and I'd I'd honestly be just really curious if like listeners or people, yeah, like tuning in, if anyone has this similarity like we do of like, because Sal and I were talking about how we both are very, very close with our high school friends. And 
like, especially at least for me going to a boarding school, it was like a, such a unique experience and living with just 60 people in my grade and like seeing them every single day. It was just very unique. And I have a very, even if I, even though I don't see them, like, I, I mean, none of them live in Austin really, but I see them very rarely. But whenever I see someone from St. Andrews, it's like, feels like home. And Stella similarly has a very close relationship with her friends of high school and having, you know, being in New York and seeing people um, at different like events and things. And, and, but now fast forward, you know, however many years, we both kind of feel this craving for those types of relationships in adulthood both from like platonic and romantic. And my therapist, again, she's very smart and makes very good connections. Once asked me, Zoe, do you think you crave, or do you think you, the reason you jump into relationships and even like friendships, you kind of like dive right in is because you crave the comfort and security of your St. Andrews friends. And I was like, Sarah, oh, fuck, I don't know if I want to say that name. I think it's fine. I was like, you're so right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't go to boarding school. We know this. But I, as you mentioned, I'm yeah, like very like close with my high school friends. Yeah. Um, and, I, okay, also for context, I don't have siblings. So, oh, like, yeah. my friends from high school, like, my guy friends, they kind of feel like brothers in a sense. Like, there's this, like, yeah that type protection. of love. yeah um and also like we've grown up together in a sense like now it's like I've known them for what 10 years like it's a long time um and you go through a lot of change in high school and in college and whatever so I mean I, yeah I feel similarly and it's interesting because like it's not a romantic love but it's like this this intense love that I feel for my guy friends like there's some of my yeah. best friends because and, and that's, those are the types of qualities that like I would want in a partner, mm-hmm. right? You know, but obviously like a romantic partner. Yeah. And I think it's hard because then when you do, let's say meet someone who fills all of those qualities, you put them on such a high pedestal because it's like all of a sudden they immediately check 20 boxes where like realistically you're still getting to know them yeah but it's so easy to look past red flags and all of that be like like you know even if the, there's like a mutual connection or like something it just like gives you this sense of hope that we should bring into like every interaction but I mean at least for me I definitely prioritize for lack of a better word those like um, connections that feel close to home so to speak mm-hmm. and then it gets tricky because in a sense, and I I think, I don't want to speak, like, generalize this, but for the purposes of this conversation and this podcast, like, let's say generally speaking, I feel like most girls, like, their dream is to, like, date their best guy friend or, like, it, like, kind of evolves naturally, like, organically, not on a dating app. See, not I don't in- really think most girls feel, like, I don't know. I'd say it's probably, like, 50-50. Mm, really? I, or maybe... Like, I feel yeah, like I most girls are just want it, like, easy. Like, oh, you know, we were best friends, and then, like, I wasn't even expecting, whatever. Like, or maybe this is my I don't fantasy. know. <laughs> That's definitely, I I feel similarly, but I'm just, I don't, 
I feel like some girls want to like, I mean, also this is like very heteronormative, but like, you know, be swept off by their feet, like swept off their feet by some guy that they meet like, you know, one day. I don't think it's, Mm. I don't think it's everyone. I think it's just that we're Mm. very similar. (laughs) Maybe this is our first disagreement in perspectives. Like Friends with Benefits or whatever those movies were. It's like my favorite movie. It's a great movie. Also there, you know, it's like, okay, in this way, maybe it's everyone. It's because everyone wants to be the girl who's able to change the guy. And that literally can never happen. Yeah. Everyone wants to be Mila Kunis who's like, I'm so cool. Like, we're just going to play tennis, wink, wink, and have sex, Justin Timberlake. And this is going to be amazing. And then inevitably they fall in love with each other and get together. It's the game of, like, who cares less. Yes. And it just that just does not work. It's like, like pick me energy. <laughs> but if it were a relationship. Yeah. No, I mean... And it's so interesting how, like, that type of relationship is depicted as, like, healthy and then, like, it all works out in the media when, like, that is the traditional situationship and type of relationship that just literally never works. Like, yeah, I cannot think of a single friend where it's like, oh, I've been able to convince the guy to, no, you can, you can Can never, can you think of it? I can't think of it. No, I can't. Like, and I think maybe this is something that we share because we're, you know, similar birthdays, similar personalities, but like, I get a lot of, um, you know, one of the reasons why I love doing my podcast is that I feel like I'm servicing other people and that energizes me. Like, I feel like I'm helping people through the people that I interview. I I feel like I'm helping them learn something about themselves, feel more empowered to make healthy choices for them, like lead a good and purposeful life. And that makes me really happy. Like that makes me so happy when it comes to relationships, I think that like, because that's kind of my personality and like my love language, let's say, I have this desire to like, not give everything. Yeah. But like to give because I feel like I'm helping that other person and I want them to succeed and live their best life. And like, but you can't fix someone else. Like you can't do that for someone else. Like that's just not, well, it's more than that. I think like, and we were talking about this earlier, but like, I have so many thoughts right now. So for for the relationship or like dating perspective, I think we were both talking about how in relationships, actually of all forms, we're the type of people that like see someone's potential and want them to achieve it. Yes, and, that's well said. And combined with like being, having love language of like acts of service and also just being connectors. So like, for an example, I was once seeing this guy who was also in the mental health field and doing like a um, startup. And I, ha- I have a lot of ideas when it comes to stuff like that I haven't pursued. So I'd be like, do this idea. Like, have you thought about this? Have you tried this? How, why don't you have a podcast when you even do this? And like, lo and behold, the guy did all of those things. And, you know, it made me see like happy to see him helping his business grow or whatever ended up fucking me over and like it's sad because it's like I didn't do that just for him to like me I did that because it made me happy and because I like seeing people happy but it's like do I not do that at the risk of just feeling so hurt and used afterwards well maybe that's honestly this concept around like protecting your energy like not yeah someone once told me that um when it came to like when it comes to dating, like 
you have to have this mentality that you are the prize and that someone needs to earn your time, you know, your energy, the love that you inherently want to give that both of us want to give, like someone needs to earn that. And (laughs) it's too easy for us to just give it because, you know, but um that's true I guess because like I'm thinking of now like friendships and like newer friendships that like where they haven't earned it and it's it's more of like I guess proceeding with caution and like giving rather than giving out that love and that um those acts of service and etc to people who you just meet to like make I don't know. It's hard. Maybe it's like being too trusting. Yeah. Well, it's funny because. And also like I'm a people pleaser. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because I actually feel like I'm less of a people pleaser. However, all of what we're talking about, I think, describes. So maybe I am actually. Yeah. In a different way. In a different way. It's like. Boom. Something that one of my friends told me like the other day. (laughs) <laughs> which was, I thought was a really funny way to say this because English is not his first language. But he was saying like, Stella, you're really tacky. And I was like, wait, tacky? I don't think you know like what that <laughs> comes across as. And I was like, are you saying I'm like, like chuggy? I don't even know if that makes sense. And he was like, no, 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 not like that. Like sticky. Like, so what you're telling me I'm clingy? And he was like, no, no, no. And I finally understood what he was saying, but he was like, like, no, like, oh, like you're magnetic. Like you have all this love to give and it's so easy to kind of go full force and I've even noticed this in platonic relationships Mm -hmm. like with certain friends it's like I I want to help you I want you to feel like the best version of yourself I will drop everything to go and do this I'll sacrifice my time and my schedule I'll change it in a heartbeat to go be there for you and it can be very easily taken advantage of yes even if that's not the intention that's so well said that's what I think it is yeah and it's also going back to like making sure that they also give you that same love. Like you can't, it can't be that one sided. And I think that's where I've like, and like with real friends and like true friends, it a hundred percent is. But I think like where I've had less luck in the past is like just continuing to give without ever like seeing it reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. So this is kind of going back to like the other side of, you know, we were talking about earlier of how you loved, um, how like helping others makes you happy. And it reminds me of a quote that I told you about, which you really liked, which is esteemable actions build self-esteem. I love that quote. And I think it's really interesting too, because it gets me down a rabbit hole of like, so where's the fine line? Like, when does it become selfish? Mm. Like, when am I doing this for my own benefit as well, opposed to theirs? Let's define what esteemable actions look like. Like, going to the soup kitchen. In a way, well, it's you haven't gotten to this point yet in Jay Shetty's book, but he talks a lot about volunteering and acts of service and how, like, let's say you're going through a breakup or whatever, you're like looking to find more love within yourself. It's like, he, he does say like, go volunteer, go do these types of things. Um, because yeah, sure. In a way it's selfish, but do we not selfish in the way that it's like malicious and like selfish in the way that like you're, you're only feeding it for yourself. It's like you're for actually you. nourishing yourself. So then you grow your capacity There's to love and another extend. word. I feel like selfish we too often focus on the negative version of it and don't as often think about like 
like me going to become a therapist, that was a selfish, selfish decision. But in the sense of I want to become a therapist to help others, but also so that I develop better parenting Mm -hmm. skills and can regulate my emotions better Mm -hmm. and have a supervisor who, you know, checks in on me and so that I can get my own therapist. Like, like selfish that's doesn't not have a to be bad, bad. thing. Yeah, that's a, yeah. if anything, I'd say a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I actually, I kind of, I want to like want to look up the real definition of the word selfish and see if it's like completely negative. Well, maybe. I mean, it's interesting, but another like esteemable action, like maybe it doesn't have to be just like going to a soup kitchen. There's, there's like boundaries. Learning how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it goes back into the whole people-pleasing thing. I think that's a huge one because when you set a boundary, like, you're most likely, oftentimes, making the harder choice in the immediate, but that will set you up for success later on. Yeah. Okay, I found the definition. Okay, one, concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. So that's negative. Well, yeah, that's, see, without regard for others. I think that all the actions that are quote-unquote selfish that we're talking about are not without concern for others. You're putting yourself first, but you're recognizing that these are the things I need to do to set myself up for success so that I can then be in service of others as well. Because it's the same analogy as like if you're on a plane, yeah. you have to like put the life jacket on yourself before you put it on your kid or the person next to you. How can well, you yeah. save someone else without yourself first? So maybe it actually doesn't mean um, anything good, technically, according to Webster's. But there should be a word for like, yeah, without the negative. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if there is a word. So maybe selfish is not the word we're looking for, but yeah. you get the point. <laughs> I also love that quote from Jay Shetty's book. Granted, I'm like 10 pages in, but like the definition or the difference between what is it like love Love and solitude or love and lust, love and the beginning, right? Love and liking or something. Oh, well, he talks. I think what you're describing is like, oh, right. Um, like with the flower, you have to water it and that's love. Yeah. Whereas the infatuation or whatever it is, you pluck it. Exactly. I mean, it's the same idea that he gets into about like character over chemistry chemistry is like that fire that spark and like usually it's kind of like unstable (laughs) and that's like what kind of draws you in but character is the slow burn it's like yeah really getting to know someone it's their values it's like seeking that deeper connection that deeper compatibility yeah and I think I think I mean I think I feel this way and I do this but I also think it's just like a society thing in general like we want things fast we want our Amazon box is delivered in like two days max. And, you know, we, we want everything done super quickly. We're like a go, go, go society. And so when it comes to dating, it's like if we don't feel that immediate spark on like, let's say, first hinge date or something. It's you like, can nope. just keep swiping. Okay, swipe next. Or like we're not patient enough to be like, okay, that wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. I would see him again. And like, and then unless again, where you're in that natural situation of being in school, let's say, or like 
at work, like meeting someone who you work with every day and getting them to know them on a quality basis, like we're like, nope, 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 this is good. I mean, I think especially for guys too, like more traditionally, maybe let's say our parents' generation, if they really wanted like their partner, they had to actively pursue that person. Like you had to like go to a landline and like call the yeah. phone, whatever, you know, like it's not, but for guys now it's like, it's like disposable. Yeah. It's like, uh, I won't swipe up on her story today. Yeah, literally. Ugh, wild. Solace in the City is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know me, uh, you know that I have seen plenty of therapists in my day. And I will tell you, as much as I, you know, love meeting with each therapist, it was not an easy road to find them and... Uh, if you're, you know, in the process of searching for a therapist, I'm sure you know that it's quite expensive. Um, I actually have been recently looking for a therapist who is licensed in both Texas and New York, and the average cost of ones that I come across are around $275 out of pocket for just one session, which is wild. So, um, in the past, I have been using BetterHelp, and I am obsessed with my therapist she is amazing and has helped me through so many tough times and I am paying a fraction of the cost of what I was paying when I was meeting with someone directly Um, you can choose from thousands of therapists from their network and one of the parts that I like the best and I guess this is maybe you know me being a people pleaser but breaking up with therapists or meeting with someone and not getting along right away is kind of kind of not fun and then it's like it makes you not really want to continue you know the search but with better help you can easily switch therapists um and find someone who you click with and then you can meet with them at your own convenience so i found it extremely helpful um and if you choose to you know check this out or give it a try. You can use my code to get 10% off your first month of therapy, which is big because it's already pretty cheap. Um, so if you just go to betterhelp.com slash Zoe, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Zoe, Z-O-E, you'll get 10% off your first month. Give it a shot. And if you uh, find your therapist soulmate, let me know. And then one last thing I wanted to talk about was, oh wait, what, what was it? Mm, okay. So granted, this episode that I'm talking about hasn't been released yet, but about a month or so ago, a couple of friends and I did a Hot Girls Hot Takes in Zilker. And one of the questions we asked everyone we went up to was, um, like, they were all heterosexual men. And the question was, what do you think of the saying, if he wants to, he will? And most of the answers we got were yes, although I don't think many of the men fully understood the question. And I guess, so what I mean by what he, when I, if he wants to, he will, I mean that if the, if the guy isn't texting you back and you're like making excuses for, oh, he's just really busy or like, oh, you know, he just has a, He's focusing on himself, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, if he wants to text you, he will text you. If he's not texting you, it's because he doesn't want to text you. 
Very simple. And what proved this for me was the other day I was at Soho House and I was chatting with some guys who were there. One of them was married and he said that, you know, he met his wife or that he met his wife in New York, but she was, um, she was Turkish and living in, from Berlin. And he basically met her in New York one weekend and then she moved back to Berlin, but he continued to pursue her. And eventually they had a long distance relationship and he mentioned a long distance marriage. I'm not sure what that means. Maybe during COVID. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is the definition of if he wants to, he will. This guy will maintain a relationship that is like, has a seven hour time difference because he, because he wants to, he wants this woman, this Turkish Berlin woman. If he's not texting you back, he doesn't want to, (laughs) he would. And that is the end of mic drop. Well, it's. Very fascinating story. I remember us talking about this a few days ago, and I was like, wow, he has patience, this guy, and dedication. Um, I ultimately do believe in that statement. However, I think that the way it can be conveyed can be really harsh and insensitive and lacks the perspective of, like, how nuanced life is. So, like, I... Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I do not think that it's always, well, if he wanted to, he would... like. I, I think maybe yes, at the end of the day, sure. Like a guy, <laughs> most men are very simple-minded in my perspective and from what I've observed. Like they can only focus on one thing at a time and like if they have the intention of doing something, they will just do it. Like they don't think too much. Whereas like both Zoe and I definitely yeah, like, true. We're in are the category we very like to think a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so my thought is like, well, yeah, sure, if he wanted to, he would. But maybe like... He wants to, but he knows he can't, so he won't. And so maybe it it seems like, well, if he wanted to, he would. He's not doing anything, so he doesn't want to. No, maybe that's not true. Maybe he actually does want to, but, like, he knows that he can't, and it's not right, so he will not. And if it's not right, then, like, that's fine. You move forward. You know? Like, I think that there's – you don't agree. No, I still think you There's a skepticism in your eyes. Yeah, I just think it's – yeah, I think – it's it's a very overarching statement, but I think the idea is like true. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that also though, like, yes, if like a guy wants you need a to watch him, he'll, he's just not that into you. <laughs> Me or the yeah, listeners? <laughs> you. Maybe this is a in Sex and the City. Yeah, I know. I do need to watch that start to end. That there's literally that's what it, like it comes from. There's a episode called he's just something into you i don't uh, know curious to hear what your listeners think because i mean there's a, a lot of people have very different opinions on this um just true. hard to generalize it however i do think i do i agree i think at the end of the day yes it's it stands true but i i don't think it's always a productive way to think about things in that way because i do th- maybe it's not about life but about dating heterosexual many yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean when i think back to every experience i've had like yeah it was very clear yeah like i wanted to do something was gonna do it but um i think we have to define what want means oh my gosh <laughs> you know like 
if he wanted what he would do what like what are we even, like if he wanted we're getting too philosophical <laughs> no to like it's like in general if he wanted to text you he would text you if he wanted to ask you on that date he would have asked you on that date like that if you if he wanted to date you he would make a move i mean and and i, I don't mean like literally like you see someone on the street and like right like over that right. i mean someone you're like casually seeing yeah who won't define the relationship or something yeah. like that you yeah. know so maybe it's Some a good context. way to benchmark like how things are actually gonna go right like yeah you know you can kind of keep that in the back of your mind yeah i forget oh, it's funny i forget what i was gonna say um but yeah i'm curious to hear what people think it's a difficult one because people have so many differing opinions on this. What's your favorite quote just in general? This too shall pass. Really? Mm-hmm. It's kind of cheesy, but like it kind of resonated with me in high school. And I think it, it really stuck with me because I tend to get really into my head and I like feel things really deeply. And so recognizing that like really emotions are fleeting, like you will not feel a yeah. specific way forever is really empowering because then you can create more distance between you and the emotion that you are experiencing which is not yourself so they recognizing that yeah. in, um in quit like a woman mm. they talked about like i think you only feel an emotion for like 10 seconds or something like and that like, yeah, honestly a lot of like that perpetuation of the emotion is self-inflicted because it's yeah. you're putting more of your attention and energy towards it yeah and like you fantasize about something whatever it might be for you that like is that thought pattern that's really hard to break like that habit loop but yeah, this too shall pass. I mean, the good and the bad, like yeah. all of it. Uh, recognizing that things are impermanent and uncertain. So noticing that that during times that are difficult, hopefully is empowering for you to recognize like, okay, I'll get through this. But then staying humble during like life's highs. Yeah. We're, and like, appreciating the moment. And appreciating it because, it, you know, it's fleeting. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, what's your favorite quote? so many um I love quotes like a lot to like to do with kindness so like um if, like when given the choice to be right or to be kind be kind um you know if everyone you meet is going through a battle you know nothing about be kind always um I love the quote I'd rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies mm. That's really important. Okay, final question. If you could give one piece of advice to yourself at, I mean, you're so young. I'm like, what, 21? Like 18, what would it be? To, uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, At 18, to be a bit more like lighthearted with yourself. And I actually want to read a letter that was delivered to me on May 4th, so like four days ago, five days ago, 2023, that was an automated message. Well, it wasn't automated, but there's this website called Future Me. Oh, yeah. And on May 4th, 2020, I wrote a letter. Wait. And I told myself Whoa, that okay. it was gonna, I sent it to be sent out to me three years later. I check my Gmail oh my and gosh. I receive this. So I'm going to read this. Read it. <laughs> okay dear future me what's up 
In three years, it'll be 2023. You'll be two years out of college. I think, LOL, still need to brush up on my mental math. And you will probably be finishing up that entry-level business analyst position wherever you are. I wonder how that's going for you. Is consulting really what you wanted to do? I haven't even started my virtual internship yet, so I haven't so I don't really have a lot to share when it comes to work experience and consulting. Anyways, I hope you're happy and healthy in whichever city you're living in. Do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Seems unlikely now, but really hoping there's someone you've met by the time you've graduated college because there certainly isn't anyone at WashU for me. <laughs> I don't really want to keep asking these questions because it's starting to stress me out right now. So much in the future is uncertain, and I've decided I'm going to stop fantasizing about what could happen and instead focus on what is currently happening in my life right now. I hope you enjoy this letter. Love you as always. Haha. So, whoa. This letter, like, I read this and I was like, oh my God, you were the same, Stella, but you actually are like 5% wiser because um, it's 10% easier to not fantasize about what could happen in the future Yeah, for me now. Like I was aware of it then and I'm hyper aware of it now. And I hope that I'm even more hyper aware of it yeah. in like three years from now. I um, love that website. I need to do that. You should That's totally do so it. Cool. Um, and honestly, I'm proud of myself for stopping myself asking these questions because what is the point of, yeah. am I going to, it's like you are pulling yourself out of the present moment in which you are living by fantasizing and asking those yeah. questions. It's good to have a sense of direction in life, but it can be really counterproductive when yep. you just get in your head like that. Um, and I also think it's funny that I asked if I have a boyfriend for <sighs> those who are listening. Well. No, I'm very single. Maybe <laughs> like the topic of this conversation, but it's also like, why did I ask that? Yeah. You know, I hope you do too. Like, it's like, like why the, did the I hope, hope then that I have, you know? Yeah. I but now. I think that's also growth that now you realize that you don't need that. Yeah, exactly. To be happy. Well, Stella, thank you so much for coming on this podcast again and for visiting me in Austin and for being the best. Where can everyone follow you and where can I listen to your podcast? You can follow me at Everyday Endorphins. You can listen to the podcast, Everyday Endorphins. It's available on all streaming platforms. You can also just follow me at Stella Stephanopoulos. That's my personal Instagram, but I post a lot of content about podcasting, yoga. If you're in New York City and want to take a yoga class, send me a message. Would love to see you on the mat. And this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on again and hosting me, Hostess with the Mostess. I had the best time in Austin and the best time cuddling with Winky, which oh, is um, Zoe's dog who has been sitting on my lap this <laughs> entire interview. The entire time. All right. Thank you again. And bye, everyone.